0: From the American Academy of Dermatology, welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Ben Stoff, Editor in Chief. Thanks for tuning in. We're all trying to find the right balance between saving time and providing the best care for our patients. That's why we're excited to tell you about Visual DX. Whether you're trying to solve a challenging case, engage patients by showing them medical imagery that looks like them, or look up the latest treatment options. VisualDx is here to help. Your peers have said recently that you can just see the sense of satisfaction and understanding from the patient while using VisualDx. Try VisualDx for free for seven days, then get 50% off a yearly subscription. Visit visualdx.com forward slash AAD to get the AAD discount. That's visualdx.com forward slash AAD to get started today.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Susan Taylor. I am the Burnett Johnson Professor of Dermatology at the University of Pennsylvania. And it's my pleasure to discuss today with Dr. Netta Abulak, who is Associate Professor of Dermatology at the University of Southern California. So welcome, Dr. Bullock So as you know, the title of the article that we're going to discuss today is Gaps in Medical Education Curricula on Skin of Color in Medical School, Residency, and Beyond. So I want to begin with the question, why are these gaps important for us to address.
2: So thank you Dr. Taylor for having me on today to discuss this important topic. And so these gaps are really critical for multiple reasons. So when it comes to health disparities which unfortunately are rampant for communities of color including in dermatology, a lot of it can trace back to well I wouldn't say it's complicated but you know part of it I should say can trace back to gaps in Medical education, right? And just knowledge base. We know that it's a multifactorial issue. There's things like social determinants health and so many other things that contribute to health disparities. But gaps in medical education is one of them. And in dermatology, this has been an issue that I think has been around for a while, but has been getting increased attention in the last few years and appropriately so. Because again, we have these health disparities in dermatology. And I think the lack of images and knowledge and information related to dermatologic conditions in people of color has contributed to that.
1: Talk about the fact that a critical component of a successful visit with a Patient whose skin of color is that the dermatologist has knowledge on the management of disorders that occur in these people. So, you, can you discuss a little bit about race discordant visits?
2: Yeah. So, I think for a lot of communities of color, first, I'm just going to say they underutilize dermatology as an outpatient specialty, which yes. is an issue because we know we live in a very diverse nation. We know that dermatologic conditions happen across racial and ethnic groups, but we're not seeing a lot of those patients come to our clinic. For those that do make it to our clinic, there is a high level of mistrust among many communities of color, and for good reason, right? Historical reasons, bad experiences, again, multifactorial issue. And so I think that for a lot of patients of color, by the time they do make it to a dermatology office, they may be coming in with either high disease burden prior experiences of being misdiagnosed or having delayed diagnosis. And so they're really looking for someone who they feel is going to understand their condition, who's going to have seen their condition, right? And someone who looks like them and know how to manage it in a way that is culturally competent, that really fits with their lifestyle, with their skincare practices, with their hair grooming practices, And so all of that has to align and connect for it to be a successful visit. And for many people of color, they often can feel that they may have a higher chance of that happening in a race concordant visit. Now, our goal, of course, is that patients don't feel that way. We want them to feel they can walk into any dermatologist's office and receive culturally competent care.
1: There are some studies that show that patients do not object to race discordant visits as long as the dermatologist is well-trained and well-versed in their specific skin and hair care needs. So let me ask you about the gaps that have been identified in medical school curricula because that's really where it all begins, Absolutely. So when you
2: look at medical school curriculum, especially those preclinical years, in many places, first of all, there's a limited amount of time devoted to dermatology, right, which is an issue just to start with that we need to improve upon. Because dermatology, of course, is not just relevant for us as dermatologists. It's very relevant for primary care physicians who are often the first to see dermatologic issues. So it's really important, first of all, that we expand dermatologic education in medical school. Now, within that derm section that each med school has, many of the schools don't have any lecture dedicated to dermatologic conditions in people of color, or the lectures they do have don't have diverse representation, even if the topics are in other disease states within dermatology. So what happens is from an early stage, you're not really seeing diverse representation, right? And then what you are seeing, you think of as sort of the way it, it presents in anybody. And, you know, I was recently lecturing in my own medical school here to the students, and I was telling them there were certain conditions that when I was in med school or and even residency, sometimes you'd hear the word, well, this is the classic presentation for X. But truly, that isn't necessarily accurate, right? Because It may not be the classic presentation in darker skin, right? Something like a basal cell. I mean, I'd always hear, well, classically, it's a telangiectatic papule, right? But a pigmented basal cell in darker skin isn't going to look like that. So we really have to make sure that the topics and the images that are shown starting in those preclinical years are diverse, right? So med students know from the very beginning that there's varied presentations across different groups.
1: And you talk a little bit about in the article, or write about some of the resources that medical students use, like Pathoma, boards and beyond. What did you find in regard to those resources and skin of color images? Right. So
2: one of the things we looked into besides the preclinical years, medical students all take step one and step two board exams, right? Those are very significant exams throughout their med school career and so there's many preparatory resources both books and online question banks that students use and we found that many of those resources have underrepresentation of skin of color right so if that's defining sort of the core things that they need to know at the medical student stage and that's not reflecting appropriate diversity it just compounds the issue even further so it's really i think the responsibility of medical schools and those who are creating these qualifying exams for the boards to really make sure that these curriculums and questions are all updated so that they really are more representative.
1: So now let's move to residency programs and the materials that are available for dermatology residents. What were your findings in regard to those groups?
2: So, you know, in Durham residency, there's usually several textbooks, which are the main textbooks used to build the curriculum for the three years. And studies have been done looking at the imagery within those textbooks and found that, again, across the board, there tended to be um, significantly less percentage of images in skin of color. So that's one thing that I think now has garnered more attention. And I expect that in future editions, I think we're going to see improvements in sort of the diversity of images. There are many residencies, I should say, that also may not have a more formalized skin of color curriculum or rotation, or just maybe in a location where the population is not as diverse. And so again, those residents, if they're not getting exposed in the teaching, and they're not seeing those patients, again, may end up not having that exposure and education as well. And so I think you know residency programs have to be very intentional with making sure that that education is incorporated in the formal didactics, particularly if it's a location where people aren't seeing diverse patient populations.
1: Now, there are some books, textbooks and atlases that are devoted specifically to skin of color populations. What is the role of those particular periodicals and books? So I think those
2: books are critically important in being incorporated into residency curriculum, along with those other textbooks that we've been using, right? Because they provide a deeper dive into these conditions and presentations that we're talking about. And so I think both the The books and the electronic resources, you know, that are available that do have increased imagery and representation should be incorporated into curriculum. One of the things we mentioned in the article is the AAD skin of color curriculum, which you were instrumental in leading with Dr. Krasinski. And so, utilizing new tools like that, along with the textbooks that we have dedicated to skin of color, I think are really important. And the other thing too is journal clubs. You know, journal clubs are a very important part of residencies. And I think it's really important for the moderators and people running those to be very intentional about the articles they pick and make sure that they're picking articles that also discuss these topics and show, again, varied imagery.
1: What's the specialty of dermatology doing in regard to continuing medical education for our colleagues?
2: So we also found that Similarly, when we looked at conferences and content, there was, again, a small percentage of lectures that were dedicated to skin of color. Now, I think that, again, because this topic has had a resurgence of attention in the last few years, many of the organizing bodies for CME conferences are now paying more attention to this. And some conferences even have a DEI director or a DEI working group or task force to really try to make sure that even the lectures and CME content also is, again, more diverse on the medical and procedural side.
1: At the end of your article, there was a call to action, and efforts were outlined to reform medical education. Can you just review that for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely.
2: So our call to action pretty much divided up the different stages of training that we talked about. And it's really a call to action for medical schools, including the Office of Medical Educations, to really be intentional, again, about the dermatology exposure that their students get, and the diversity of content and imagery within those dermatology lectures. And, you know, I would even argue outside of dermatology, and I work in our med schools, our director of curriculum equity, we are pushing for this outside of dermatology too, Right. I mean, there are many conditions that other subspecialties also present that have overlap with dermatology. And there's opportunities there to also make sure that that content and imagery and information is all really up to date and reflective of our US population. So I think that's the call to action on the med school level. And we talked about people who are creating board content to also make sure they are updating this in their question banks and their certifying exams. I think at the residency level, we're really looking at program directors and chairs, making sure that this is a priority in their residency programs, regardless of where you train in the United States, that you graduate as a culturally competent dermatologist who feels comfortable to diagnose and treat dermatologic conditions across different populations. And I think, you know, again, in places where you may not see that diversity, you know, you have to be even more intentional about making sure it's represented in the materials presented. So, the lectures, the didactic curriculum, the codachromes, the journal clubs, grand rounds, um, all of these are opportunities to infuse this type of information into the curriculum. And I think that's critically important. And then at the next stage is really looking at our CME, our journals and our conferences. And I think that it's very important across the board that the editors and editorial board of these journals, as well as the organizers of conferences, make this a priority and make it a priority again, not just to be a couple lectures at a meeting or a couple articles in a journal but emphasize it across the board, right? No matter what you're lecturing on, you can make sure that it's representative of varied populations and you can be conscious about what kind of images you show. So that's really our call to action at the different levels that we'd like to see.
1: Now- Let's say I live in Buffalo, New York, where over the last few years, there's been a migration of thousands of uh, residents who formerly lived in Puerto Rico because of the hurricane, or I live in Michigan where again, many people, particularly from the Middle East, for example, and all of a sudden I've been in practice for a number of years and the demographics of the community has changed with lots of patients with skin of color. How do I get up to date? Where do I begin? I think that's really the practical aspect that's important for our colleagues to know. How do they broaden their knowledge? Right
2: know, that's an excellent question. And I think we have lots of pockets of communities like that across the US. And so, you know, I think the first thing is utilizing the resources that are out there, right? So you may not have seen a certain population, but there may be information about that population and the kind of conditions that may present or what's pertinent to them, or the way things may look in their skin in many of the resources we mentioned. So in our article, we highlight skin of color textbooks from the last 10 years. And I want to point out that there are many other wonderful skin of color textbooks prior to even the last 10 years. We included 10 years just because of limitations to the article. But there's many great books that I think people can look at and reference to look up, you know, things related to different skin colors and populations. There's also many um, electronic resources that are available that people can use. And then I think also just having conversations with those populations getting to know them getting to know what's pertinent to them their lifestyle you know sometimes there are religious things that are pertinent to them or cultural it just can vary depending on your subgroup that you live around and i think just literally asking people about their daily practices what they use what they don't use what they like their beliefs that's how you develop cultural competence right And then you incorporate that with your scientific knowledge and evidence-based medicine to really provide recommendations that can work for that patient.
1: But Dr. Bullock, I want to thank you for broadening our understanding regarding gaps in regard to skin of color education, and really practical tips and ways in which all of us at all levels of learning can really come up to speed to serve all of our patients with excellence. So thank you for being with us today.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. Taylor. I want to thank the JAD for allowing us to do this CME on such an important topic, which we feel is relevant to all practicing dermatologists and trainees and medical students. And I think, you know, as you alluded to, we are all lifelong learners. So we are always continuing to improve upon our knowledge base so that we can really deliver the best care to all patients. So thank you for having me.
0: Great. We're all trying to find the right balance between saving time and providing the best care for our patients. That's why we're excited to tell you about Visual DX. Whether you're trying to solve a challenging case, engage patients by showing them medical imagery that looks like them, or look up the latest treatment options, VisualDx is here to help. Your peers have said recently that you can just see the sense of satisfaction and understanding from the patient while using VisualDx. Try VisualDx for free for 7 days, then get 50% off a yearly subscription. Visit visualdx.com forward slash AAD to get the AAD discount. That's visualdx.com forward slash AAD to get started today. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. For more dialogues, subscribe to us through the website of the American Academy of Dermatology, then link your subscription through your favorite podcast app. Remember, the subscription is free for residents. New podcasts are released each week in addition to free special bonus episodes. You can also listen to dialogues online through the AAD website. Thanks again for listening.